one of my favorite songs. You say you say that all the time, preacher. I got a lot of favorite songs. Amen. That's one of them. Listen, if you're here and you're relying on anything but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to get you to heaven, you're relying on the wrong thing. Praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. First Peter chapter number two today. First Peter chapter number two. As we continue and you're, you're new to us, we, we're just a verse by verse and preach right through the Bible for the most part. And every once in a while, the Lord leads me another way. We'll do something topical, but usually this is what we do. Verse by verse, sometimes we make a whole verse uh, even every once in a while. <laughs> and and uh, today, with the Lord's help, we'll make maybe three verses. We'll see what works out. And we've been talking about this. The whole series has been this, building up your spiritual house here in First Peter chapter number 2. And, and we've looked at a lot of principles as we've continued. Last week in particular, we looked at uh, the truths and the responsibilities that come with living in a glass house. And by the way, every one of us live inside a glass house. This lost world is watching you. They're watching me. And they're seeing if, it, if what we say matches the way, the way we live and if our lips and life match. And last week we learned about, all about our, our citizenship. We, we, Peter told us we're strangers. We're pilgrims. Listen, we're just passing through. We're citizens of another country. Been born again by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ they just sang about, then you're already seated in heavenly places. Praise God for that. Listen, I, uh, I'm thankful for the, the country I live in. I like living in Hillsville in the town of in the county of Carroll, but I am a citizen of heaven. Then we, we also saw that he gave us instructions there because of our citizenship. We're to abstain. We're to our consecration. Abstain from fleshly lusts and, and the conflict we saw last week, those fleshly lusts that war against our soul and then 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 finally our manner of life our conversation and we ought to live in a way that no one will ever believe any false accusations brought against us that's a hard that's a hard line isn't it but when we live in such a way listen th these slanderers and these god deniers that exist in our our country they could never bring any reproach against us if our life lives in that manner that we're called to live in and our cause is simply this because people are watching that they by our good works that they should behold he told us last week and glorify god in their day of visitation the day the holy spirit knocks on their heart and shows them they're a sinner they would they would say listen i want what i've seen those christians have we should make them thirsty well this morning we're going to go on a little more and it, it may seem like peter's shifting gears but really it all flows with us becoming building our spiritual houses it's the same concept and and it's really more principles to to building up our spiritual homes now what I'm going to preach on today after a song like that, I, I, I was almost going to change the message. <laughs> because this isn't one of them, uh, I feel like coming up and you know swinging from the chandeliers and shouting it out. And This really isn't one of those. This, this is probably not one of those messages where I'm going to stand in the back and you're going to come out and say, what a message, preacher. <laughs> but it's the Bible. And when you're preaching the Bible, that means it's truth for us to behold. And whether it's, whether it's a, a hard truth or whether it's a, 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 sh a truth we just shout about, either way, it's all God's Word. And, and when you do verse by verse and precept by precept, sometimes you get to the harder parts. And, and today's going to be a hard part. And the reason it's going to be hard because every one of us, is, if we get real honest, struggle with the one principle we're going to talk about today. The principle of submission. The principle of submission. If we're ever going to build a spiritual house, then... Now, I'm going to tell you, we need to learn to submit to the authorities that God has placed in our lives. Today's 
principle really flies in the face of our modern day society. We're, we're a self-made, self-propagating, self-worshipping, just selfish generation. Uh, we're a generation that feels they're entitled to everything. But God says we're entitled to do one thing. Submit to the authorities he's placed in our lives. Can I give you a truth before we even get started today? God has ordained authorities in our lives. And he commands us to submit to them. Roger Staubach, I was reading about. How many of you remember him? The Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, quarterback for years ago. And in, in, in 19, I guess it was, 71. You see, Cowboys haven't had anything to shout about for a while. Amen. In 1971, he was, he was leading the Dallas Cowboys. And, and, and he was their quarterback, star quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the time. And, and, and he had, in one of his best years, in fact, they won the world championship that year, he said he, he writes that he had one of his most struggling years. He was the superstar quarterback, but yet his coach, Tom Landry, wouldn't allow him to call play. His coach called every single play, said, listen, you're running this time. No, you're passing this time. Here's the play I want you to run. And only under emergency circumstances was their star quarterback ever allowed to change the play. And when he changed it, he had better be right. <laughs> he said, I struggled with that. Quarterbacks all over this league that... In my own estimation, this is him talking, weren't half as good as I was, and they got to call their own plays. Yet I didn't. He said, but God taught me a principle that year as we went on and won the, the Super Bowl championship. He taught me that when I face this issue of submission to authority, face the choice of whether to be obedient to authority or not, that the only time there's true harmony and victory comes when I obey what God said to do. He obeyed his coach. He won the Super Bowl. He said he thought he knew best most of the time, but obviously his coach did because they're Super Bowl champions and he's got a ring on his finger to prove it. <laughs> See, we're a lot like him sometimes. We want to lead instead of follow. We want to control our own lives. But we'll find if we want true harmony in our lives, it's only going to come from submitting to the authority that God has placed in us. Did you know this? The Bible says in Proverbs 13.10 that only by pride cometh contention. You know, I'm not real smart, but that tells me that any time I got contention, problems with anybody or anything in my life, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be at home, whether it be at church, whether it be in the community, no matter where it is, here's the problem. I got pride. I got pride. And I need to learn this principle that he's going to teach us today, that we are required to submit to authority. If you'd stand, we'll read a couple verses. Because let me tell you, sometimes it's pretty easy to do, and sometimes it's pretty hard to do. I told you you wouldn't swing from the chandeliers on this one. <laughs> but if we're going to build up our spiritual house, if we're going to be spiritually mature, then we got to, if we're going to build up, we've got to learn to go down submissively. And Peter writes that as we begin reading First Peter chapter 2. And We'll pick up in about verse 13. Right after he said, that, listen, you ought to live in such a way that this world beholds your good works and they glorify God. He says now in the area of building up your spiritual house, he begins verse 13 with submit. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to uh, the king as supreme or uh, unto governors 
as unto them that are sent by him. Remember where they come from. For the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of man that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I'm just going to stop right there because we probably won't even make it that far. Father, we just ask you for the next little bit, Lord, as we cover this, this principle that none of us, Lord, in our own flesh want to hear. None of us, Lord, really like. That includes this preacher. Lord, but it is such an important principle to get into our lives if we're going to really spiritually build the type of house that you've commanded us to build. It's the, the principle we need in our life, Lord, if we're going to have harmony. Lord, it's the principle that we're going to need in our life that if we're going to become a spiritually mature believer. The principle of submitting to authority. Father, I pray that you'd help me to clearly and plainly teach this morning. And Lord, while I'd love to swing from the chandeliers and preach uh, this message, but Lord, I, I believe this is one of those days we slow it down a little bit and we teach this very important concept. Because I struggle with it, and I just feel, Lord, if I struggle with it, that probably everybody in this room does as well. Help us to learn to submit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for your standing. As we get started this morning, we're talking about building up our spiritual houses. Today, it's, uh, it's simply about this, submitting to authority in our spiritual houses. And as we get started there, look with me together in verse 13. And I wrote this down. Here's point number one. It's simply this. As foreigners were to submit to government authority. He says in verse 13 again, Submit yourself to every ordinance of man, for this is or for the Lord's sake, whether it be uh, to the king as supreme or unto governors and unto them that are sent by him. Now listen, I called it this as foreigners because remember last week's concept. We're not going to leave the context here. He said we're strangers, we're pilgrims in this land. You and I are just passing through. Thank God I'm already seated as we already talked about in heavenly places. And, and, and listen, when any foreigner would visit another country, if I would go to Japan or, or to China or someone from Japan or China would come here, there is an expectation that, 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 that you will obey the laws of the land that you're in at the time. Now, sometimes our laws may be different than their laws, and their laws may be different than ours. But listen, if I go to China and I do something that's against Chinese law, then they have the right to lock me up, no matter where I'm a citizen of. And you and I are pilgrims, you and I are strangers, you and I are foreigners here in this land because we've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, where our citizenship is in heaven. But God is telling you, listen, as a foreigner, as a stranger, as a pilgrim passing through, you have a responsibility, and I have a responsibility to obey the laws, the government, and the institution of the land. And that's what he's teaching us here as we go. And so God intends for us to be submissive, and obedient to those that are in authority. And you'll never build your spiritual house till you learn the principle of submission. So what does it mean? That first word, as we look at it, verse 13, the word submit, let me give it to you this morning. It, here's what it means. It means literally to arrange yourself under, to yield uh, to someone else's authority, admonition, or advice, or control. It means to, to relinquish your rights 
to another person. It was originally used in a military term, and many of you have been in the military. God bless you, and thank you so much. And, and you ought to understand this. It would refer to a soldier who positionally was under maybe another officer or someone in that sense of a higher rank, and, and that's the idea of what submission literally believes. Listen, it has nothing to do, get this, don't miss this today, has nothing to do with the superiority of a person over another person. It has to do with the position. Let me say that one more time. It has nothing to do with this person's better than me and that's why I have to submit. No, it has nothing to do with persons or personalities. It has to do with positions. And we'll see that as we go through the scriptures today. Now, before we even get into it, I, 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 I got to thinking about why do we struggle with submission? And, and here's three reasons I came up with. Three reasons, and this is worth the price of admittance right here. Amen. <laughs> Whether we get to anything else in the text or not. Uh, here, here, here's why we struggle today, 2017. We struggle with this. I struggle with it. You struggle with it. And if you say you don't, you're lying and you got other struggles. Amen. <laughs> we struggle with this. And let me tell you why we struggle with submission. Here's my reason. This is, this is all for me. This is free for you this morning. How about this? Number one, we struggle with it because it's no longer taught in the home. Amen. It's no longer taught in the home. Uh, that's why kids, listen, they, they struggle. They, they don't submit to their parents. They don't submit to any authority because we don't teach it in the home anymore. Can I remind you back in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20 and verse 12, the Bible says, To honor thy father and thy mother that their days may be long upon the land which the Lord giveth thee. Listen, that's where submission begins. It begins in the home. And, and listen, we're, we're too busy patting them on the back and saying nobody ever should tell you what to do and all this stuff. Yes, you should. You're the parent. Listen, whereas parents today are so interested in becoming our kids' best friend that we're not doing what God called us to do, and that's be their doggone parent. And teach them the idea of the principle of submitting. And, and we just want to be their best friend. And, and, and listen, the lack of teaching of respect and submission to authority in the home, all you're doing is setting your children up for failure. Because in this life, there are going to be authorities in their life for the rest of their life. Every one of us have authorities in every area of life, and we are to submit to them. And if you teach them not to submit, I'm going to tell you what, they will be a failure in life. You're setting them up for that. And we have, to, we have people, children now, they grow up, they don't submit their parents. They don't submit, they don't respect their school teachers. They don't respect leaders in the church. They don't respect in, uh, the elders. How many of you senior citizens would say amen on that? And they certainly don't. They don't respect the laws anymore. They don't respect our police officers who enforce the laws. They don't respect anything or anybody. And the reason was because they never taught to at home. It begins at the home. It begins with parents. And one of the main reasons because it's no longer taught in the home, people struggle with it today because of that. Listen, if you don't teach your children to submit to authority in the home, they'll never submit to authority outside the home. And you're not, you're not, get, you're not building them up for success. You are getting ready to lead them down the road to failure in life. I'm going, sorry, when you get a boss, you're going to have to learn to submit. And you better get used to it because it ain't all about you. <laughs> Let me give you a second reason. We better go on. I can preach that one all day. It's gonna get me, you'll get quieter on this one. Not only because it's no longer taught in the home, but this. Because we are inherently prideful people. Yeah, I thought it'd get a little quieter. 
We're inherently prideful people. We're living in a day where everybody thinks their own way, their own thoughts, is better than, than everybody else's ways and thoughts, and, and everybody needs to follow them instead of them following who God ordained as their leader. Everybody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to be a follower. Can I give you this truth? You ought to write this one down. My pastor said, this, boy, this is one of the best truths my, 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 my preacher taught me at a very early age after I was saved. I say spiritual early age I'm talking about. He just taught me this. He said, you'll never learn to be a good leader till you learn to be a good follower. Boy, isn't that a good truth? You never will. You, listen, everybody wants to lead, nobody wants to follow, but you'll never make a hill of beans as a leader until you learn to follow first. Never will. Listen to what the Bible says. I got plenty of Bible for it, amen? How about that? The Bible says this. He says, uh, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's James 4.10. Uh, in Matthew 23 and verse 12, Jesus said this, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. In our own text, in just a couple chapters, we'll cover it by, by the end of next year anyway when we get to chapter 5. And, and Peter says this, and be ye clothed with humility in 1 Peter 5, and for God resisteth the the proud and he giveth grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time you will never get exalted in god's economy until you first learn to submit in humility we try to make our own positions god says i'll take care of that you just take care of what i command you to do because we're inherently prideful god exalts those who first submit and humble themselves. Let me give you a third reason we got to get on because I'm not even in the text yet. Because we confuse this. Number three is because we confuse this concept. We confuse the, and I mentioned it already to some extent, but we confuse the concept and we make submission personal instead of positional. We make it personal instead of positional. Submission is not personal, it's positional. That's the truth I want you to get. We have problems because we can't separate those two concepts in our own minds and the way we're raised in this generation. Listen, that's why wives many times struggle to submit their, their husbands. They said, I know him, and, and he, he don't live anywhere near like the Bible says he should. And I, I don't know why I should submit to him. Well, the Bible says, wives submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord. We're, 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 we're confusing the person. We're confusing the personality with the position. That's why in churches many times uh, folks uh, uh, struggle to, uh, to, su to submit in, in the sense of uh, to their pastor like Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them which have rule over you and submit yourselves. They watch over your souls and they must give an account. It's because we're confusing the person. And we, it's not that you're inferior to the person. Remember that. It's the position that it's talking about. That's why we also struggle with what we're talking about here with, with government and so forth and, and submitting to that it, because we confuse this concept. Listen, I had a great boss. I thank God for, 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 for my boss I had all these years. His name was Dwayne Breeden, and, and he was our, 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 our chief technical officer, and I reported to him for years. He was a good man. He treated me well. But I'm going to tell you, he wasn't any better than I was. But he had a position that I needed to submit to. Does that make sense? 
So you got to remove the person. It's not has nothing to do with the person. It's the position. And we confuse that concept. And I won't submit to anybody. How dare them? I'm smarter than them. I'm better than them. Well, they got the role. You don't. So shut up and listen. Amen. Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. Submission is not personal. It's position. Now, I used this illustration before, but you know I love football illustrations. It's the only way I know to do it. You know, yesterday I watched a couple teams get beat that they didn't think should have got beat and so forth. And you know why they got beat? Because they got whooped on the line. They got whooped in the trenches. The people, you don't even know who they are. Those people on the line, yeah, we don't know their names in the household. But I tell you, you know the quarterback's name, don't you? We know if he throws interceptions, th throws touchdowns or whatever. But I'll tell you, that guy, that quarterback, who is the leader of the offensive side of the ball, he, yes, he is the leader. He's the, he's the one who calls the plays. He's the one who checks to other plays. He's the one that gets people in position. He's the one they're looking up to to make that play when they have time. He is useless if that lineman doesn't block. He's not superior to that center. He's not superior to that guard or that tackle. But his position is a position of leadership. And they all can't be leaders. Is everybody with me? And so it's, it's all... It's all about position, not person. And if you don't get that principle, you will live a miserable life. You'll spend every day, well, why, why can't I, why can't I, why can't Can I just tell you this? We can do a whole lot more in Christ than we ever could out of Christ. We get, we get to live in the Christian life, so, well, I can't do that, and the Bible says I can't do that. Oh, woe is me. Oh, hogwash. We are free in Christ. Aren't we thankful for that? Thank God. We're going to get to that probably next week. I'm not going to make it to verse number 16. Read it anyway. It's free, not using your liberty. Amen. Thank God for the freedom in Christ. Submission's personal, not positional. And now we get to our text, and he teaches us we're to submit to two things. Number one, to the rule of government. Submit to the rule of government. And he gives us a really an exhortation here in verse number 13. And he tells us, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man, for the Lord's sake. And you read that word ordinance, and I, I'm going to clear up something real quick today because uh, I've even, even got this wrong because I read it and I naturally think right away that's laws, right? Isn't that what we think? Ordinance, that means laws. We got to And certainly we should submit to the laws of the land, amen? But it means a little more than that. What it really means is it means the creation of man, the institution of man. It's talking about the government structure and positions in the first place. It doesn't mean the individual laws as much, although we should submit to those, as it does the institutions that create the laws. And so, in other words, when we read this, we're to submit to the president, whether you like him or not. Amen. Hey, we're to submit to, the, to, our, to our senators and our representatives in, in Congress. We're to submit to the judicial branch. We're to, to submit to our, to our governor here in the state. We're to submit to our state legislatures and even local governments. Listen, you're to submit to the state police. You're to submit to the local police. You're to submit to the town police. Listen, I don't care where you go on down, down the road. If, if God has put them in that position, you and I as born-again Christians need to submit to them. On and on it goes. A Christian, I'm going to step on some toes here, huh? should never, a Christian, I said, should never fall prey to chanting, not my president. Amen. Because he is your president. A Christian, listen, 
Uh, you might be unhappy with what's going on right now. Now, I was unhappy the last eight years. Hey, we're all unhappy at different times. Amen. But listen, it doesn't matter which one, which side of the political spectrum you are. It, 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 what matters is the position. Obama was my president for the last eight years. Trump is now my president. And I am to submit and reverence his position. Sometimes it's hard to do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we've had some leaders that do some things I completely disagree with nationally, locally, all the way. Listen, I'm not talking about Democrat or Republican. It, that really doesn't matter. We submit either way. Listen, I, I, there's some leaders I don't trust, and they're on both sides of the aisle. Somebody say amen on that. <laughs> but as long as we live in this world, there's going to be leaders with views we don't care for. We're not submitting to them and their views, and their, we're submitting to their position. See, many people have, many of them up there in government today have views on marriage I disagree with. I believe it's still one man, one woman. Amen. Many have views on abortion that I'm opposed to. And, uh, and it's, ama it's amazing to me, and uh, I'm going to get all political here. It's amazing to me that all these people run around this, this life and this life and so-and-so's life matter. What about the baby's life? They matter too. It's the same group. <laughs> hey, I don't even like speed limits on interstates. I'm against them, but I better obey them. I wish we had the Autobahn here. Somebody say amen. Hey, you go to Montana, at least you get to go 90. I want to go back just to drive the interstates again. Amen. <laughs> as long as we live in this world, we're going to have leaders, we're going to have views, and we're even going to have laws that we don't agree with. But the Word of God says, submit submit anyway by the way I, I let me tell you one time i get in the flesh every year it's in april y'all pray for me it's coming up not too long away when i see that tax rate somebody say <laughs> that i'm required by god to pay my taxes and you are too as a christian obey submit we're not required to agree with them we're not required to condone them but we are required to submit to their position of authority. And Peter didn't say it would be easy. You think it's not easy in our day? Can I take you backwards and remind you of the context he's writing to? Don't lose context when you read the Bible. We think, oh, oh they make me submit today. Our government, so, everything's such a tyranny today. Can I remind you he's talking about a time when Nero was ruling? He's writing to people in the day when they were being burnt at a stake, when they were being dragged into the Colosseum and, and fed to lions in front of thousands of cheering people just for their faith in Christ. That's who he's writing to when he says, listen, submit to the government authority. Submit to that, that heinous Nero. That's what he was saying. Wow. Put it in perspective, doesn't it? We got it pretty good, don't we? We really get honest about it. We're called to submit to their authority. Our government, our government leaders. By the way, Paul taught us the same thing. Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whosoever resisteth the authority resists the actual ordinance of God himself. Isn't that something? Wow. And as strangers and pilgrims were to obey the leaders and laws of the land. That's our exhortation. Now, let me give you the exception. Because I want you to know the exception. And there is an exception. Somebody say amen. 
Because he goes on in verse 13, he says, Submit yourself to every ordinance of man, but look at the next four words. For the Lord's sake. Y'all see that? That's a qualifier. That's an important qualifier. In fact, when it comes to God's command to submit to authority, he always has a very similar qualifier in it. When he says, Wives, submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Qualifier. When he talks to children, Obey your parents in the Lord. Qualifier. Y'all with me? And submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Everybody see the kind of the, the qualifiers are in there? Because there is an exception to this rule. Listen, we are to obey man. We are to submit to the authorities in our life. And we're to obey the laws that they lay down until and unless they contradict the law of God. Yeah. We're to obey man's law until it contradicts God's law. That is the exception today. When man's law contradicts God's law, here's what we do. We chuck man's law and we follow God. Listen, let me give you an example. Our state has every right, and I disagree with it completely, but it has every right, and they've passed this law now that in the state of Virginia uh, that, that people of the same sex can get married with one another. I disagree. I think it's biblically wrong. Uh, but th th they have the right to pass that law. If they ever get to a place where they force me to perform those ceremonies, then I'm violating what I believe Scripture teaches. And I won't do that. So I hope you'll take up a love offering and you'll get my rear end out of jail. Because <laughs> it's going to come to that point. I will not violate God's laws to comply to man's law. That's the exception. But preacher, if you don't do it, they're going to take our tax exemption away. Well, we'll just start paying taxes. Amen. By the way, if you give because you want a tax write-off, you're giving for the wrong purpose in the first place. And, and they can take it away all they want. If man's law contradicts God's law, then we obey God's law and not man. Let me give you some Bible illustrations. Y'all ready? Get your flipping fingers on. Hold your spot. We're going to come back. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 4 real quick. Acts chapter 4. I want to show you this principle in the Bible. And it is possible to do that and still be respectful. This is something we've got to learn. You know, I can disagree with the country, and I can disagree with the government, and I can disagree with the laws, but I can still be respectful about how I go about it. Over in Acts chapter 4, and <laughs> I guess that's about as far as we're going to get today. But Acts chapter 4. Try to give you some background, and Peter's been preaching. And after the day of Pentecost, praise God, 3,000 people got saved. And you get to Acts chapter 4, and he's still going out and he's preaching. And in fact, early in the chapter, 5,000 get saved. And, and, and he's preaching and preaching, and the council, the, the, the Jewish council calls him in, and, and they ask him the question. They, they said, well, what are you preaching? And he preached us to them. <laughs> Amen, I like that. And he goes on, and, and they, they said, listen, they give him a rule. He said, you, should know, you can no longer preach in the name of Jesus. Now, he's in a pretty, pretty tough spot. Isn't he? His ruler, his government, just said he can't preach in the name of Jesus. His God called him to preach the name of Jesus. You see where he is? In a pretty tough spot. Look how he handles it. Look, look down, verse 19. I'm trying to save you some time there. 
verse 17 is when they said they sh you shall know you speak henceforth to no man in that name in the name of Jesus they're talking about in verse 18 they called and and they called and commanded them not to speak or or teach at all in the name of Jesus verse 19 but Peter and John answered and said unto them whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye at your cost for we cannot speak but the things which we have seen and heard talking about Jesus so when they had further threatened them and they let them go finding they couldn't figure out how they could punish them for what they had done so forth because of all the people they all and for all the men glorified God and that which was done and guess what they did they didn't cause a scene they didn't write somebody say amen they just said you do what you got to do we're going to do what we got to do real politely real respectfully and they went back out and they preached Jesus Look at Acts chapter 5, flip over real quick with me. Verse 27, they're back out there and they're preaching Jesus again. The same council pulls them back in in verse 27. And when they had brought them, the Bible says, they, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter said with the other apostles answered, and here's going to be our answer when that day comes, when that exception comes. We ought to obey God rather than men. There's your exception. There it is right there in black and white. And so, he, listen, Jesus exemplified the same thing. He said, render unto, unto, unto Caesar which is Caesar's and render unto the Lord which is the Lord. And listen, unless the ordinance of man directly oppose the law of God, then we need to submit to him. But when they contradict, we obey God rather than man and there's a reason for that because the lost world is still watching us and they're watching how we submit we submit to the rule of government and i'm going to close on this point or i'll keep it all day i got a lot more amen but we also submit to the role of government now i'm gonna i'm gonna mess some of y'all's theology up here right now flip on back with me first peter I'm not trying to get political, but listen, when the Bible gets political and I'm a Bible preacher, I got to preach what the Bible says. Amen. Huh. Don't miss this. Do you know what the biblical role of government is? It's right here in our text. Look with me, verse 14. Let me just ask you before you get there. Is it to provide all Americans health care? Is it to pay for all those who are too lazy to work? Is it even to provide us with an education? Mm. Is it to regulate businesses and keep checks and balances on, on free enterprise systems? Let's see what the Bible says here in a minute. Is it to write regulations and even protect our environment? Some of those aren't bad things, are they? I'm not saying they're bad things. Don't, want, don't misunderstand me today. But is that the biblical role of government? Let's see what our text says. Is it, by the way, to give you freedom? You want to know where freedom comes from? It don't come from the government. It comes from God. Look at verse 14. After saying, submit yourselves to every ordinance, to every institution of man, government institution, for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king or supreme, or to the governors, unto them that are sent by him. He reminds us he's the one that puts them up and takes them down. Let me just throw this in real quick for you. You're in a dangerous place when you try to take somebody down that God put up. 
dangerous place. I wouldn't want to be in that place. You better watch it. I don't care whether we're talking about a president, a governor, a preacher, or someone else that God's put in authority. You're in a dangerous place because they're sent by him. Listen for what they're sent by him for. End of verse 14. For the punishment of evil doers. And for the praise of them that do well. There's your biblical role of government. They are, government is here to do one thing, one thing, other. To punish the evildoers and to praise them that do well. Listen, I, I, listen it, it, we're living in a generation of protests in the street today. They protest over convicted evildoers and wanting them to go free. And then, then they persecute and call us that live for God that do well. Intolerant racists and haters. See how reversed we've gotten this in our society? Our society calls a man that takes a, a, a knee in disrespect to, to our flag and our country. They put him on a cover of a magazine and call him a hero. I can't tell you the word I call him. But then they call a Christian who speaks up against immorality a hateful bigot. Huh. What a society we're living in. Don't forget what the Lord said about that. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's Bible, by the way. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We have expanded the role of government to make it do things that God has never ordained or intended it to do in the first place. We made government about everything but the one thing it's supposed to do, which was punish evil doers. I think I'm thankful for education, and then we we have the government now. We expect it to teach our children. By the way, that was still your job at the home. I'm not against public education. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's still your job at home to sit down and work with them and help them learn. We 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 expect the government to pay for health care now. Where's that a right in our bill of rights? Thank God for some of that. We expect it to pay for people who are too lazy to go to work. We expect it to do everything for us, and we've created the most bloated, oversized monstrosity of a bureaucracy that ever existed, and it goes against the very thing. The one thing they don't do is the one thing God commanded them to do, and that is punish evil doers. We're getting out of what God called us to do as a government. Listen, you might get upset with me, but listen. Just stand in line. I got a lot of people like that. Amen. Drug dealers. <laughs> pedophiles. Thieves. Robbers. Murderers. Anyone breaking the law. I believe they should be punished by the law. End of story. <laughs> I was asked one time. I heard a preacher say this. And I've kind of repeated it. Someone asked me one time. What do you think about the electric chair? Listen. Don't ask me questions. If you don't want to know the answer. What about those that create murder and do the most heinous crimes? Do you believe in an electric chair? <laughs> I don't believe in an electric chair. I believe in an electric couch. Amen. The chair is too slow. That's only one at a time. Let's get three at a time while we go. Amen. <laughs> Listen, the quickest way to have a lawless society is to have a government that doesn't do its job and enforce the laws. Now, you may disagree with some laws on the books then your job is to lobby to change those laws. But until those laws are changed, if it doesn't conflict against the word of God, we're to submit and obey to it. 
We're living in a day where we've criminalized the cop and made heroes out of the thug. Listen, if you're a Christian and you mess up and you break the law and that officer comes simply doing to do his job, you ought to be the most respectful person that person's talked to in their whole life. They pull you over because you're speeding. Don't give them a bunch of lip. You're the one speeding. Take some accountability. So, yes, sir, how fast was I going? I wasn't quite sure. I'm sorry. I'm telling you what, you'll be amazed. Two things are going to happen. One, you're going to obey God because you just submit it to the authority he put. Number two is going to happen, you might get out of your ticket. They so rarely hear that. <laughs> we were driving one time. I got time for one story. We'll close. We were driving one time down around Virginia Beach area. My wife doesn't let me, like me tell too many stories about us, but 